0: But giving an offering is about how you give. And that's where the ouch factor comes in. For when you apply the ouch factor, you find that God is not trying to take anything away from you. But instead, He's trying to help you to get a place of spiritual maturity where you can receive more from Him.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sport product lines sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. God has been good to Bobby to provide the resources needed to broadcast On the Bright Side all across the country. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. As you listen to On the Bright Side, you will hear these messages as they were delivered at Bobby's church and are now compiled into this time-honored radio program. No matter what your situation is, Bobby has the gift of being able to relate and empathize. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright. lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across america trusted by many at work home or play let nebo light your way now it's time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready for on the bright side with entrepreneur business owner and spiritual life coach bobby bollinger
0: haven't you heard the, whole, the old saying money talks okay well if your money talked what would it say to you Okay, this is my bit. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, I know if my money could talk to me, it would be saying goodbye. (laughs) Because I know that's what I'm always saying to it. But I want to talk about giving this morning, and I want to introduce you to something called the ouch factor. Which simply is a way to remember the important things regarding how we should give. You see, I think we already know that tithing is important. In fact, tithing is an act of obedience. And the Word tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice. So before we talk about giving, it's important to acknowledge that God's not impressed with giving unless it's in conjunction with our obedience. So knowing this, Tithing is about what you give, the 10%. But giving an offering is about how you give. And that's where the ouch factor comes in. For when you apply the ouch factor, you find that God is not trying to take anything away from you. But he's, instead, He's trying to help you to get a place of spiritual maturity where you can receive more from Him. And here's how the Outfactor factor works. It works when you give often. In fact, if at all possible, in the church, you should try to give something at every opportunity. Now, this may be unheard of, but my brother challenged me a few years ago to do what he does, and that is to never let an offering go by without participating. And I discovered that even if my offering is small, it's an expression of my gratitude, and I'm truly blessed every time I do it. You see, giving often exercises and builds our generosity muscles. And it just makes giving easy for us going forward. The second part of the ouch factor is to always give unto Him. That means that your offering doesn't have to be contingent upon anything else. Sure, it's great to know that your offering is going to missions or something that's really needed. But once you give, you don't have to worry about the one you gave it to. Or where the money is going. You simply have to give it to God and then pray for the work. The next ouch factor is to celebrate when you give. The Word says to rejoice in all the good the Lord has given you. The simple fact that you're in a position to give anything is something to praise the Lord about. To give an offering is by Webster's definition to present something as an act of worship or devotion. So what better reason is there to, to celebrate than an event where God is praised and honored? And finally, what makes the ice work is when you give till it hurts. Now, you have to understand that I'm talking about a healthy kind of hurt. It's the kind like how you feel right after you strain to push up that last weight when you're working out. It might have been hard, but you're glad you did it. You see, worthwhile giving requires some sacrifice. And that's the only way that you know that you're putting others in front of your own desires. There's a saying that when it comes to giving until it hurts, most people have a very low threshold of pain. Now, So I'm not suggesting that every gift or offering has to hurt or be a great sacrifice. But when you take into account your collective giving and you don't know that there were things that you gave up or that you would have enjoyed were it not for your giving, then you aren't in a place where you can experience everything that God wants you to. You know when you leave a restaurant and you stop and pick up a few of those mints in the bowl there at the, at the front door, and then you hand one to the person you're with on the way out, and they say, Thanks. You know, you really didn't do all that much. I mean, it was free, and you just got it a second ago. So it really wasn't that much of a gift. So giving, it needs to hurt a little in order for us to grow. If we want to grow in the Lord through our giving, we give often. We give unto God, and we celebrate every time we give. And we give till it hurts. And that's when we let the ouch factor help us grow into more generous people because it's there where something good always happens in jesus name
1: how is it that christ could endure and go through all he went through on the cross up next the answer is a miracle because he loves you and me that much on the bright side we'll be right back And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
2: How many have ever heard this old saying, our attitude determines our altitude? Has anybody ever heard that before? Well, I believe attitude is very important, especially when dealing with life's more complicated issues, so, this is my favorite story about attitude. The little boy was talking to himself as he strutted into the backyard wearing his baseball cap and carrying a ball and bat. I'm the greatest hitter in the world, he announced as he tossed the ball into the air and swung at it. He missed. Strike one, he yelled. Undaunted, he picked up the ball and he repeated. I'm the greatest hitter in the world. He tossed the ball into the air again and swung even harder. He missed again. Strike two, he cried out. Then the boy paused a moment. He examined the bat, he examined the ball. He spit on his hands, he rubbed them together, he straightened his cap, and he said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. Again, he tossed the ball up in the air. He swung as hard as he could. He missed. Strike 3. The boy got his balanced. He paused a minute and then he exclaimed, "Wow! How about that? I'm the greatest pitcher in the world." I love that story. How many of you guys and ladies are watching the basketball playoffs right now? Okay. See, babe, I'm not the only one. I've been driving her crazy watching all these basketball games over the last several weeks. We have a television out on the back porch, and she has banished me to the back porch. I am not allowed to watch anything on television in the house. But speaking of basketball and attitude... When I was a teenager, all I wanted to do was play basketball. So all through high school, I began my day at 7 a.m. on the racetrack with the race against my teammates. Then practice would begin at, at 7.30 a.m. and go to 9.30 a.m. I would shoot free throws all during my lunch break. Then practice would begin again at 2.30 p.m. and we, we would go till 7 or 8 p.m. That was my life in high school. And I don't mind telling you that I became a pretty good basketball player by doing it that way. There was no questioning my commitment and my desire to be a great basketball player. So it was very hard for me to accept the reality that I was not going to be able to succeed in the sport as a career. In fact, I developed a really bad attitude about it right out of high school. I just didn't understand why it wasn't working out like I wanted it to I was bitter I mean I didn't want to do anything else and it was not until a few years later in desperation that I started to seek God's direction for my life instead of my own then my attitude began to change and I began to appreciate where I was instead of resenting where I wasn't and when my attitude changed God began to share ideas with me that led to a much more fulfilling career than a few short years playing basketball ever would have. And even more important, I found that all the years of training and discipline I learned as a basketball player was vital in my development as a business person. And I know there's a lot of guys that relate to that statement. So while I was disappointed back then, My basketball days proved very important to me in the future and served me well. You see, I want to encourage you today by reminding you that God has a purpose for your life that's unique to you. When life throws you a curve or two, and it most certainly will, it doesn't have to mean you failed in your current endeavor. It may mean you've been refined in one area, So you can fulfill God's purpose for you in another. That's why it's so important to have the attitude like the little boy in our story. You have to be willing to see the good that can come from any situation. Having a good attitude all the time sounds easier than it is. And we all have days when it's a struggle. But we all only have to trust the Lord and have an open heart and mind to the possibilities in front of us to have a good attitude. The Apostle Paul said it like this. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord, and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord. And I think I've used this old saying before, but I love it because it reveals how we are responsible. We are responsible for our attitude. It goes like this. Two men looked out from the same prison bars. One sees the mud. The other sees the stars. Could this be a day for you to seek more clarity for what God's purpose is for your life? If you'll just trust the Lord, have an open heart and a good attitude, I promise you, like the gray-haired gentleman that sits in the back pew taught me. Something good will happen today. In Jesus' name.
1: Are you a good steward over everything God has given you? Stay tuned to hear how we can show the Lord that we can be trusted with what he so graciously has provided. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back
3: Nebo partners with retailers to maximize valuable counter space, a constant stream of new innovative lights, incredible impulse displays, and an industry-only buyback guarantee, which means Nebo will buy back your inventory in the unlikely event it doesn't sell.
1: We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side.
2: What would be the last thing you would say before you passed on? Have you ever thought about it? Probably not. Listen to this Old Fred had been a faithful Christian and was in the hospital near death. And the family called their pastor to the bedside. And as their preacher stood next to the bed, old Fred's condition appeared to worsen quickly, and he was not able to speak. He motioned frantically for something to write on. The preacher responded by handing him a pen and a piece of paper. Old Fred used his last ounce of energy to scribble a note. Then he died. Well, the preacher thought it best not to look at the note at the time, so he placed it in his jacket pocket. A few days later at the funeral, as he was finishing the eulogy, he realized he was wearing the same jacket that he was wearing when old Fred died. So reaching inside for the crumpled piece of paper, he said, you know, old Fred handed me a note just before he died, and I haven't read it yet, but knowing Fred, I'm sure there's a word of inspiration for us all. He opened the note and read aloud, Hey, you're standing on my oxygen tube. I want to talk for just a moment about stewardship. Now stewardship sounds like something you learn in school like pitmanship, but It's much more than that. It's very important, and I believe it's God's will for all of us to be good stewards. In fact, I also believe that it's impossible to be in the center of God's will if you're not a good steward. So that means it's very important for us to understand what stewardship is, why it's important, and how to be one. The word stewardship means this, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And since the word of God says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, then the first thing we need to understand is that everything we have isn't ours. It's God's. Our money, our home, our car, our clothes, everything. Belongs to Him. The second thing we have to understand is that being a good steward is necessary to please the Lord. Being a good steward means we're obedient and we're faithful with what God has allowed us to be the steward of. And that's a nice way of saying that when we pay our tithes and we're generous with the giving of our time and our money to help others, that we're demonstrating our thankfulness for what we have And we're showing the Lord that we can be trusted with what he so graciously has provided us. So it's also important to understand that when we don't practice good stewardship, that we hinder our spiritual growth. We're not putting any action behind our faith, and God really has no reason to trust us with more things if we're not going to be good stewards of what he's already given us. You know, some of you may have been or may be like I've been. My financial track record is a wild and adventurous thing, and therefore my tithing and my giving was just as erratic. But God convicted me of this life pattern that I had. And I had to ask God's forgiveness because stewardship is one area where God requires not only sacrifice, he also requires some discipline and he especially requires some consistency. Once I brought some discipline and consistency to my stewardship, it's amazing how God brought more of the same to my personal life and my personal finances. Now since I've been doing this for a few years, I've heard just story after story from many of you about how God has been faithful in your finances. It just reinforces the fact that the principles of tithing, giving, and of stewardship are intertwined throughout the Word of God for the purpose of enriching our lives and for the purpose of enjoying the abundant life that God intends us to have. But we have to apply them. Being a good steward takes action on our part, but it all starts with being thankful You see, pleasing the Lord and being a good steward is really about the heart. It's like the old saying, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. And when we really want to walk with the Lord with our head up, we have to do the right thing with what He's given us. So for a Christian, there's just no option We need to strive to be good stewards. And by God's grace, I believe we will. Thank you for
1: listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. God has been good to Bobby to provide the resources needed to broadcast On the Bright Side all across the country. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197, 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N E B O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights, relied on by emergency professionals across America, trusted by many at work, home, or play. Let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847 312 8197.
4: Pregnant, single, alone. Where does a young woman in this situation turn to for help? Embrace Grace. Does your church stand in the gap for young pregnant women in need of love and support? Embrace Grace. How can a congregation be both pro-life and pro-love? Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace responds with love to women in an unplanned pregnancy. Embrace Grace reaches out with kindness and acceptance and without judgment. Nearly 500 churches offer Embrace Grace, a gospel-centered program designed to help single pregnant moms let go of past hurts and wounds and prepare them spiritually, emotionally, and practically for motherhood. Embrace Grace paves the way for young single women to become spiritually and emotionally healthy parents. Visit EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484 to learn how your church can embrace grace. That's EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484.